tap, tap, tap in. You're listening to Pulse Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture. What's going on, everybody? This is Randall Barnes, the host of Pulse Radio in the building for another special edition of the Black Music Month Spotlight. Yesterday, we talked to Deshaun, who's a Jackson State University student that was on American Idol. But tonight, we're talking to the man that made this beat, man. I got to let it ride. If Instagram let me, if Apple Podcasts and Spotify and let me, I got to let this ride real quick, man. This is what we're talking to, man, the producer of the Twerculator beat. Let me turn it down, 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 let me turn it down. I don't want to let it play too long, you know what I'm saying? I don't want it to play too long and then it, it gets taken off, man. So let me turn it down. What is going on, everybody? I hope you're having an amazing week. We already have kicked off the end of Black Music Month with some amazing interviews. If you missed it, we talked to Deshaun Goncaves, who is a Jackson State University student that was on American Idol, and we're going to be doing a reaction to the verses with Soldier Boy and Bow Wow on tomorrow. And then we're talking to the one and only Victor Solomon, who y'all know we're going crazy for and he was on The Voice. And also we're going to be reacting to the BET Awards. But first and foremost, I have to give Mr. Hanky his just do his flowers in the building before we bring him on. This is a super producer. He's produced a lot of your favorite songs. You in the club, he's worked on, on music with the artists you love. And also, he's working on hits right now. He created the Twerculator beat. He created Smile by Lil Doop, all that beat. He's worked on a lot of music with Soldier Boy, with, you know, everybody. He made he made the beat for the song Walk Around the Club, Bump Everybody. And he also made the beat for a song. I'm from Macon, Georgia. I'm in Macon right now. He also made a beat that really was ringing off for me back, you know, back in my high school days that I cannot wait to talk to him about. But nevertheless, man, this is an amazing occasion. This is a real big interview. So I need everybody on Instagram Live to tune in. And on the podcast, make sure that you listen to this whole entire interview. There's going to be gems that are dropped. So let's go on and bring Mr. Hanky on, Southern University alumnus. And you're listening to Pulse Radio. From the shade room to your news feed, we brag different. You're locked into AHBCU Pulse. Now trending worldwide. Mr. Hanky. What's happening, everybody? How you doing? Yes, sir. What's up, man? ACC, hey, see what I got on? I see, man. You looking right. You looking right. Man, I, I, <laughs> I look crazy. I'm in Georgia. It's hot, but I had to wear it, man. I got, I got to show off for you, man. Hey, man, I just touched down in L.A. I got a hoodie on, too, man. So we wanted the same. Hey, so 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 what's what you down there for? You down there for the verses? Uh, BET Awards versus uh, the City Girls performing uh, for um, for the BET Awards. So it's, it's a lot going on, man. Um, I'm also here for Young Blues uh, listening party tonight. Diddy got a party tomorrow, so I'm in the I'm in I'm in LA for right now. Man, you goals, man. I'm telling you, man. Like you, you doing everything <laughs> everyone on this live wants to do. So let's start with this. So you know the verses is coming up. On tomorrow right. with Bow Wow and Soldier Boy, you were signed with Mr. Khalid Park, and we're gonna talk about that in a second. So you know, being that you know you know Soldier Boy, you know you were a part of that ascension. How are you feeling about the verses on tomorrow? 
Uh, you know, I rock with, uh, you know, of course, Soldier Boy, you know, but uh, Bow Wow, my dude, too. But, you know, I, I think Soldier go pull it out, man. Okay. You know, he, he got the he got the charisma, the, the character for it. You know, he going to say some crazy stuff. It's going to be entertaining. So I'm going to be in the building for that front row seat. That's what's up. And I'm, I'm I think that's going to be my favorite versus my favorite. Me being from Macon, Georgia, and in Macon, Georgia right now, Jeezy and Gucci was my thing. You know. So oh yeah, hands down. Jeezy and Gucci. Hands down. They could have, they could have canceled verses after that one. I ain't gonna lie, that was that was epic. I was at, I was at that one too. That was crazy. Uh, so so how was I gotta ask this one ain't on the question list, but how was that verse? Was it a lot of tension or was it all love? It was it was exactly what you think it was. None but tension, straight tension. Um, and it's crazy because I I've done I produced for both of them, but. You know, like you said, you're from Macon, so uh, I did a couple of records with uh, the Cadillac Boys. Actually connected Jeezy to the whole movement we had going on. That's how Trap Star got done. That's how um, What You Talking About got done. So you had that connection, but a lot of people don't know. I went to school with Gucci Man. I, I want to ask you know about that. Saying? So let, let's start off with that. So with you going to school with Gucci, you went to school with the Yin Yang Twins. So how was that? You going to school... With future stars that literally took over the industry, like how was that? You know, I didn't look at them like that. They were just my partners. You know what I'm saying? They were just some people I knew from school, from the neighborhood and stuff. So when I got back from Southern, and um, Gucci was rapping, and I, I just knew I only knew Radrick. I, I didn't know Gucci, and I see he had the city on smashed, and of course Yin Yang was doing that thing, uh, Baby D, another uh, high school classmate of mine. So it, it was it was pure mot- motivation to know that like, damn, these are some people I actually know. I didn't even know they was, you know, into this, but they doing it, they killing it. Let's try it, you know. But that was that was a huge moment for the culture for Gucci and Jeezy to be on that stage, even though it was very tense. I mean, to the point they had to have they was checking people's cars before mm-hmm. you even got on the premises, wow. you know what I'm saying? Wow. So it was crazy. They had the Nation of Islam doing security. Um, if you was here for Gucci, you had to go in one way. If you was here for Jeezy, you had to go through another door. Wow. It was like Real like it was it was intense, but I think it ne- it needed to be because of all the tension. And I didn't think he would perform the truth. Like when I heard Gucci perform the truth, I literally <laughs> my jaw literally dropped because he led into he didn't even say to him. He's like, I can't believe I ain't played this yet. Then doom 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 doom. I'm like, bro, no, he didn't. I was like, bro, I think I felt like it's about to be a wrestling moment. Jesus about to hop o- o- over the other side of the stage, just start punching. I'm like, dang. But exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was it was it was pretty intense, man. Because um, I was thinking Jeezy was gonna come back and play Stay Strap. I thought that too. You know, and if if that had happened, I was prepared to leave because I was standing by the door. Okay, because um, I already knew it. You know, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> no, I, if if he, if he plays Stay Straps, people are gonna be strapped and start shooting for sure. <laughs> come on now, come on now. So it was already tense. The DJs was talking stuff back and forth to each other. So. Yeah. It, it was it was like real bloods and crips type thing in there. It was crazy, but uh, it came out good. It was yeah. good for the culture. I'm glad they kind of moved on past that. You know, Gucci got it off his chest, and um, you know, everybody can go on. Right, and shout out to DJ Holiday. You know, DJ Holiday actually attended Fort Valley Mama Mater, so you know, it's a lot of HBCU love that's in the music industry. So shout out to DJ Holiday. But I want to yeah, ask, but- I want to ask you about this. So you wanted to be drafted to the NBA. And you're from Atlanta, and you see the Atlanta Hawks. They three wins away from the finals. Like, how are you feeling about that? Hey, man, I ain't going to lie. It's, it feels amazing, man, because, 
you know, for years we got close, and then they, that one year, uh, was it, 2015, when we were the number one seed in the East, and uh, we got swept by uh, LeBron and them. Uh, so, you know, that hurt, you know. But, uh, you know, it feels good right now. I think the team now, they're focused. And I like the fact that everybody's counting them out, you know. So, um, it just, just, you know, gives them a little extra chip on the shoulder, and they're they showing up. So Trey Young <laughs> is like, Trey Young about that, man. So like I, I'm not yep. I, I, like LeBron's out the playoffs. I'm rooting for Chris Paul, but me being in Georgia, like Trey Young just gives me the Allen Iverson type of feel. Like he's fearless. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I rock on. with just Trey Young just off the strength of that. He's fearless with it, and he shimmied on the Bucks with that three pointer. We ain't gonna talk about that. That was that was just, just that was that was so nasty. I've never seen. I've seen a lot of stuff, but I've never seen nothing like that. That was crazy. That I think that that one moment was more disrespectful than than that, than that whole, whole Gucci Jeezy versus. That's what I think at this point. It was, <laughs> it was, it was up there. It was up there, and then it's in a real message to you know the rest of the league that that's what that's what they're doing. So, yeah, man, I think the Hawks doing good right now, man. I feel it. So let let's go into just your time at Southern. So you know you have an HBC background in your family because your mom went to Talladega College and she played mm-hmm. piano since she was three. And when you went to Southern, for my research, you wanted to be a band director. You were a DJ on the yard and all the different stuff mm-hmm. like that. So just tell me about your time at Southern. Oh, man, my time at Southern was amazing, man. Shout out to my boy Jeremy from Southern. He just checked in, uh, Sierra Brooks, a couple of people. But um, it was it was amazing, man. Like, um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. My time at Southern actually prepared me for what I'm doing now. And um, by that, I mean, you know, if you can make it at the HBCU, you can make it anywhere. Exactly. You know, the long financial aid lines, dealing with people who got the attitudes. Like, it's the music industry all over. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, it, it's, just, it's one of those things to where um, I didn't realize it, but, you know, my time there, it was great. You know, it was no, it was no drama, nothing like that. But it just really prepared me for the world. And shout out to Dr. Isaac Griggs. Uh, the band director, he was like he was like everybody's grandfather, you know what I'm saying? Taught us the things that we need needed to succeed in life as grown men. You know what I'm saying? I came in as a a little boy from Atlanta and I left as a grown man ready for the world. So what made you choose Southern? Because you know, in Atlanta you have Morehouse, you have Clark Atlanta, then you have the Georgia schools like Fort Valley, Albany, and Savannah. Like what made you go all the way to Louisiana? I mean, I I played in the band. I played trumpet and everything. So if you see Southern Band, it's, it's self-explanatory. Right. I couldn't see myself playing for no other school, no disrespect to any other HBCU band, but disrespect um, is is night and day. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's Southern, Human Jukebox, and then it's everybody else. You know what I'm saying? And um, I just couldn't. I had to be part of the best. You know what I'm saying? I, that's, just, that's just a part of that's how I was raised that's just a part of me. I got I just I gotta win. You know what I'm saying? And I just had to be a part of it and see what it was really about. And it was everything I thought it was and then some. You know what I'm saying? An amazing experience. I met some great people, uh lifetime connections, you know, it it was amazing. So uh, shout out to them. So I gotta ask these two questions because you went to Southern around the early 2000s, then you in the band. So I got to ask this first question. So was your band experience like Drumline? Were you like the Devin Miles of your band? Like, how, like how, how real was Drum? Because Drumline came out, though, too. Like, how real was Drumline as opposed to your experience? Man, look, uh, Drumline was actually centered around Southern University. Yep. From the shit of the heads. 
and all that. But we actually turned down the opportunity to be in it because we were told that we was going to, based on the script, that we were going to lose in a competition. And that just saying, that ain't us. Right. So we politely passed it on to everybody else who wanted to be a part of it. And um, but it 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 was it was really it it paled in comparison. Like it's like it's like the Marines of black college bands. And um, yeah, it's it touched on it a little bit, but not nowhere near close. <laughs> nowhere close. It was very intense. Very intense. Now I gotta ask you this too. So were you up there when they had College Hill at Southern? Were you up there? Yeah, I was there. Um, that was, I think that was around my senior year. Oh. And um, my senior year in school, I want to say, one of my senior years. And um, <laughs> <laughs> One of them. I know, I feel it. No, I feel it. <laughs> hey, you feel me? <laughs> one of my senior years, and I was working on the SGA at the time. And um, I just didn't, you know, I've been kind of, you know, in a, you know, I ain't really been that kind of person to be out there, to have my business out there like that. So I just felt it was just doing too much. You know, we was, you know, it just seemed kind of lame to me. I ain't gonna lie. Just the, the whole speaking thing and everything. So I just kind of, you know, played to the side or whatnot, but I was definitely there and saw all the foolishness. It was crazy. So what was the energy like on campus around that time? You got BET at its apex college. It was like a new concept. So what was the yard like then? Man, the yard is southern, man. I'm telling you, like, the yard is southern during those times were like no other, okay? You got to keep in mind, this is before everybody got social media. Um, you know, everybody, you know, you had to interact with everybody. You know what I'm saying? So um, it was a party on campus at least, I want to say at least four or five times a week. Mm-hmm. And most of them really weren't even planned. I mean, I was I was a uh, cost for most of them. I would go get my DJ equipment uh, about eleven thirty, post up by the union, and just DJ from like eleven thirty to like one thirty, two o'clock in the afternoon until somebody told me to leave. Mm. So it was that kind of feeling going on. All the Greeks would come out doing their strolls. Shout out to all them. Um, so it was just this whole big community, man. Like with just everybody was just chilling and, and living their best life, you know. Oh, I, I like you said living your best life. You made really made it tie together. I love we love to see that. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> so let me ask you this before we move on from the HBCU experience. How do you think, and can you spoke about how your HBCU experience meant, meant a lot, especially from the financial aid and just dealing with people? But as far as, you know, the super producer that you've become, how do you think that human jukebox experience, as well as that experience just being at an HBCU and being a DJ, how do you think that helped you? Well, but you know, me being from Atlanta, man, um, I was very I was very Atlanta when I got to Southern, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't know black people went to the gap. I didn't know. I thought we all wore polo and, you know, and Tommy Hill figure, you know, whatever was popping at the time. So I learned, you know, I learned different things about us as a people. Like I met people from California, I learned how they move people from Louisiana, of course. And people don't realize even Louisiana, it's different areas to that, like Southern Louisiana, um, even from Baton Rouge to New Orleans, it's two totally different worlds. Then you got middle Louisiana, like Lafayette, uh, Lake Charles, that's a whole nother world. Then you got Northern Louisiana, which is like Arkansas. So I just learned how to adapt to different people in different environments and just really, you know, see what they like. And as a DJ, it helped me 
because I know what makes, you know, the women move. I know what to play to get them to put their drinks down, even the bougie ones, you know what I'm saying, to get them out there and make them twerk. And I apply that now to when I'm making my music. I'm like, okay, cool. All right. Like when I did Twerkulator, I knew it was something that people hadn't heard in a minute. And I knew it would work. But I had to find the right artist to put it on. Right. And that's is that would all that I wouldn't have known how to do any of that had not been, you know, exposed to all these different people from these different backgrounds and Southern. Wow. So so we, you heard it here first that HBCUs and this Southern experience is the reason why Twerkulator is so lit. All right, we got we got to maybe put that on record. That mic is supposed <laughs> to come to HBCUs. We got to make sure people know that. But let's I, I gotta bring this up too before we move just to you, you know, signing with Collie Park Music. So you said in one of your interviews that you have to have women in the studio. But the reason why you said it wasn't because of the normal reason. You said, you know, women, you know, they they give a lot of critiques, and you're making music for that audience. So like, just talk about that aspect of really having women in the studio and then making music for them and then knowing, okay, Twerkley is going to go up because women in the studio said it was always up. So just talk to us about that real quick. So the, the it called like, okay, see, <laughs> it's so, it's so, deep. so it's so many people, so many people that are being artists nowadays. So many guys, everybody rapping, you know what I'm saying? So rapping and music is like the new selling dope. Okay. You ask people what they do. First thing do say, man, I rap, I do music. He was like, man, I ain't never heard of you before, but cool. But what ends up happening is the guys, they're not going to be, men not going to be honest with other men, okay? Because it's going to come off as hating. It's going to come off as, you know, it's going to be an issue. You know, it might be an issue. So nine times out of ten for us to afford confrontation and just let our homeboys, you know, we we really be lying to them. Like, hey, bro, yeah, that's that's hard. That's hard, bro. Women don't do that. Right. <laughs> Women be like, you know, um, I, I think I think I know what you're trying to do, but I don't think I don't think it's giving what it's supposed to give. Right. You know, they'll they'll, they'll tell you that they don't like it, but not more importantly, they'll tell you why they don't like it. Right. And that's more valuable than any of this other stuff because it gives you an insight into the consumer about what's really going on, how you really you know, how you're really coming off to them. And they will let you know, like, if they like it, you will know, because they'll, they'll tag it. And no more importantly, they'll support it, okay? Right. Um, women will go buy tickets to your concert. They'll buy your merchandise. They'll tell friends. They'll support it. They'll post it. Dudes don't do that. At all. At all. <laughs> don't do that. I, I saw a dude, i never forget, this is when I had to walk around the club Bump everybody record and um, Southern played Fam You in Atlanta. And around that time, somebody else had a big album coming out. But anyway, they had an album release party at the same club. Mm-hmm. And the tables, the sections were going like nine, about $7,500 to $10,000 a section, right? So I walk in there, I see some of my partners. We going, I, you know, like, damn, y'all don't bought the $10,000? They're like, yeah, boy, I bought this outfit. It cost $2,500. I paid 200 to park up front. So I said, hey man, did you did y'all buy old boy CD? Did y'all buy his music? Nope. Man, nobody buy no music. Hold on. Y'all done spent over fifteen, twenty thousand dollars partying with this artist, but y'all did not spend ten dollars just to buy a CD. Crazy. And and, and do it for clowning for the women. You know what I'm saying? That's what, what I see. I look at it and then j- j- just to be in the conversation. So 
I totally feel where that comes from. That's why I have, I have a lot of third women around me, like just with the team. Shout out to my Queen Series queens. Some of them are in here. So I, that's why I always keep third women around me. So when you when you had said that in the interview, I'm like, that's real. And and, and it really validated, like, yo, that's why I have a lot of third women around me. But I want to go on and, and get moving to, you know, just you signing with Collie Park Music. So how did you get connected with Mr. Collie Park? So the same way, uh, I got a partner of mine who went to Southern as well. His name uh John Boy. And he was actually around Yin Yang. Like, he used to really write with them and, you know, before they became Yin Yang. So they, like, partner partners. And um, he graduated a little bit before me. And he came back to Atlanta. And I ran into the twins at his spot. And I just, you know, dropped off some beats and stuff, politicking and everything. And so they liked what I had to offer um, as far as production-wise. And it was like, yeah, man, um, you know, we like your music. We like your music. So I just kept working with them. And, um... Kyler Park and his brother came up to me one day. He's like, man, you know, we really, we really like what you're doing, man. Uh, you want to be a part of the label, the team, whatever. I was like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, it was, it was really that simple. I wish it was a, a more dramatic story, you know, me walking in the rain and knocking <laughs> on and all that shit. But it was nothing like that. It was, it was so genuine and so natural. You know, it was just like, hey, well, sh- all right, cool. What are we doing? But I, I, I got to say this. I like your story better because, I, I mean, because I, I don't think it got to be walking in the rain. Hey, man, listen to my beat. No, like the fact you just was chilling and it happened. I like that. I want that to be my story. Well, I don't want to try to do too hard for that. <laughs> there you go, man. I think I think we just have this, especially in our culture, man, we just have this, this, uh, this mentality that you got to suffer in relationships. You got to suffer to, you know, achieve your dreams for like, you know, whatever you got to go through this whole struggle story, but that's not the case, especially when you're walking in your purpose. I, exactly. So, with Mr. Collie Park Music, you did a lot of you did a lot of stuff with him. And I, when I was looking through just, just your discography and you know the songs you had going on, you worked on a lot of Soldier Boy records. But the ones that stood out was "Hey You There," "Bird Walk," and "Booty Got Swag." You were a recording engineer on those, and I'm pretty sure those are three songs that are going to be a part of the verses on on, on tomorrow. You know, so just talk yeah. about just like working with Soldier Boy, especially as he was ascending to that height of where he is now. Woo, boy, Soldier Boy, let me tell you something, man. Y'all think Soldier Boy is something now with the stuff he's saying? He's always been like that. Always, okay? I never forget, he was like 16, 17, and I forgot what mall we was walking through, and he was hollering at grown women who were like 29, 30. You know what I'm saying? And he was, you know, they was biting. They was really on him. So, um, exactly, yeah. You know, and this the funny thing about it was when we first started walk, working with him, you know, most of his music was clean at the time. So I didn't know, you know, his favorite rappers was like 3-6 Mafia, Gucci, like all these strong, strong street artists. So where he is now, is who he's always been, mm. you know. Because keeping it keeping it real, he's the first person. You know, a lot of people laugh, and it's funny, but he's really not. He's not lying at all when he says he's the first to do a lot of things. Um, he's. I remember meeting Nicki Minaj through him. That's the first time I heard about Nicki Minaj was through Soldier Boy. Wow. I didn't know who she was. She did a song with uh, with us called uh, "Wanna Baller." Okay. Um, and it was him, Shingy, and Gucci. I did the beat. 
And it was like on some mixtape stuff. But I was like, who is this girl singing the hook? He's like, oh, man, that's Nicki Minaj, man. She finna blow up, man. I was like, yeah, right, nigga. What you, how, you know, how you know? You know what I'm saying? And I'll never forget about two, three weeks later, that's when she did that um, that dunk freestyle. Mm. So she got a dunk. And it's been up ever since. So um, from Famous Bix, the list goes on. Like Most of your rappers that's out right now that's popular, Soldier Boy put them on. Wow. That like yeah. I, and and to hear it from someone that worked with him, because because you know when when we hear it from Soldier Boy, I think the thing is that it sounds like overconfidence and bravado. Even when you look at it and you realize, hey, he was the first rapper on YouTube. He he was the first to do a lot of stuff. He's still relevant now, but people play it off right. as like bravado and it's like a joke. But when you say it as someone that has worked with him and especially worked with music with him, it sounds like you know what I'm looking back and I'm like, you know what I think that is real. You know what I'm saying? So, yep. so I mean, like that, you giving me different perspective on it in general. But I want to get back to you before we go because I got to get to your discography. All right, because Soldier Boy, we're gonna talk about Soldier Boy with the verses on tomorrow on this right. for yet. So I got to talk about your discography before we go. So I want to just do like a speed round. We have, we have a segment called Take a Trip Down Memory Lane, but because okay. of copyright, I cannot play any of these songs. Cause I'm not trying right. trying to get snatched down by Mr. Collie Park or your or, 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 or your business, all right? They ain't, nah, they good. They family. They ain't, they ain't never was taking nothing down. We good. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So I, I I might play some of these then. So let's talk about first twerkulator. So I, I've seen you talk about it in the articles, but I want you just like when I say give me an audio, but I want you just to take us there, just in the creation of it. So walk us through how you made the twerkulator beat and how you really crafted that for the city girls. All right, so yeah, basically when I did uh, California, um, the record, you know, I knew a lot of people was going to come for me for samples and uh, for that same type of feel. So what I did, I just did a whole, every song that I thought would have been a hit sample, I just put it together and uh, just kind of sat on it and, you know, just started putting uh, records together. So uh, my boy Slab, that's with, um, with Rick Ross a lot, you know, he was like, man, I got an idea for a song want to do with um with the city girls i think the city girls would kill it so he actually was like you know something about like twerkulate and everything and i just sat back to myself i was like i got like four five beats already for that so i'm just thinking to myself which one and shot it over to him and they sent it back and i was like oh my god now this is like 2019 okay um and we go to get the sample clear and we hollering the africa bambada with Planet Rock. He's like, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. But I didn't know that they lost a lawsuit for Planet Rock for a sample that they had from this group called Craftworks. Okay? That do, 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 do. That's from a song called Trans Euro Express that came out in the 70s. Okay? So they lost a lawsuit for that to where Craftworks now owns all the rights to Planet Rock. So, Coach K hit me up out the blue. He's like, yeah, man, I love the song. The song hit. You know, everybody excited, everything. Man, he called me back. This is like right before the City Girls album, uh, City on Lock, this 2020. Um, and I'm just giving people a timeline to let them know, like, even though you're just not hearing a record, 
the process of it is just sometimes it's years between getting clearances, uh, features. Like I got my single getting ready to come out soon with Erica Banks, and we've been waiting on the, the clearance for that feature for like maybe eight nine months. It's called Nutty Twerk. Wow. It's going crazy. But when it comes out, it's gonna go crazy. But anyway, make a long story short, Coach called me. He said, "Yeah, man, we got to just get the sample cleared." So he called me back one day, and he was like, "Yeah, man, they gave us a hard no." I said. Hard no. What what you mean a hard no? He's like, man, they don't want to clear it. That's like, who don't? What what you talking about? Who don't want to clear it? He's like, man, that's when he told me the whole crowd work thing. So in my mind, I was like, oh well, on to the next one. You know what I'm saying? On to the next. I, in my mind, it's the song not coming out cool. On you know, and about a week and a half later, I go on Twitter and Instagram, and I got all these mentions talking about, man, this Twerkalator song is crazy. Somebody, the whole album. The first album got leaked, and it was four songs on that first album that wasn't actually on the final album. One of them was Turculator, okay? So I got DJs, I got women, I got their whole fan base hitting me like, yo, can you sing me that song? Can you sing me the song? Because it wasn't on the album when it dropped. So imagine like having this huge demand for a record that you can't tweet about you can't post about you can't send it to nobody nothing you just gotta like it on it's 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 the craziest feeling for like a whole year and a half okay so in my mind i'm thinking it's gonna blow over it's gonna blow over and about three months this year three months ago charlie the number one influencer on tiktok did this with the dance to it whatever i didn't even know it was a dance um and that's what happened and i called coach and I was like, man, we got to do something because this thing is crazy. So at that point, um, to get around everything, this is the crazy part about it. I did about 20 other different versions to twerkulate it with different beats. Wow. Yeah. 20 different versions, like you name it. I, I did it. You know what I'm saying? So um, we did it. You know, coach liked them, the, the label liked them, but the girls, um, they didn't like it because they knew their fans had already gravitated towards the original, which I, I get it. You know what I'm saying? So if you kind of change it, you might mess up the momentum for it. The fans like what they like. So I, we just had to ride out with it, make it happen. Wow. We are. We get ready to video directed by Missy Elliott. It's going to be a movie. And I think you really just gave a lot of clarity because a lot of folks were saying a lot of, well, why, if this song came out then, it would have had a lot of momentum, but you had to get it cleared. And I think that a lot of folks have to understand, you know, that this is a business at the end of the day. It's not just you pop up and make a record, especially when you got a song like Planet Rock and also the other samples that they sample. People got to get it clear. But I think that that's like, that's dope just to hear it just firsthand, all you had to go through. Like, wow. So I got to ask you about this one real quick. Me being from Macon, I got one more song that the HBCU audience got to get a breakdown of. And I think you know. But listen, like I told you, I'm from Macon, Georgia, and you know I know the Cadillac Boys. And and I'm a huge <laughs> fan of Tex James. You know you, you know Tex James. You I know, saw the text this morning. It's 6 in the morning. He called me. What? He's six in, he got a radio show. He, it's 6 in the morning. Yeah, I ain't got no radio show, though, so don't <laughs> call me. <laughs> he, he got one. <laughs> Somebody, he said, he said, hey, man, I want to do an interview for with you. I said, man, look, man, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a six in the morning, dog. I got to get on this plane. 
yeah, I, I, I feel less heat to pre-record the, the interview because he got that morning show Power 107 making, man. So shout out to him. So you made Smart Girl. And I just got to tell you the impact in making that that had. Like when Smart Girl came out, it's like, you know, making a- Atlanta's Atlanta. You got Gucci, you got everybody from, up from there in Atlanta. And yeah, Jeezy, you know, he rep making. But to have like a song that was in rotation on the radio, they had B.O.B. right after, you know, all this stuff, Beautiful Girl, all different stuff like that, and airplanes and all different things. He was on that song. The Street Rock was on that song. Like that song was playing everywhere, like my freshman and sophomore year. And Tex right. really had a wave with it. And I thought the coolest part about it was he was on 97.9, which was, of course, the number one hip-hop station for years. So he was working the record on the radio, and people was like, hey, Tex on the radio. I remember it was a battle of the bands. He literally came out and performed it. Everybody went crazy. So it's like when, you know, I figured out you made that you made that beat, it just brought back so many memories for me. So you got to tell me how that song came about and how you made that beat. <laughs> the song really was a joke, man. It was, Smart Girl, Dumb Booty was a joke, okay? So... If anybody know anything about Tex, Tex is a he he you know he he likes to market stuff. So it was coming up for his birthday. I forgot the name of the club, but he said, "Man, I want to do a smart girl dumb booty contest at the club, and I need a jingle for it. I need a I need a, a song for it." And so I just happened to be back there, and he was singing it, and um, I just put a little beat to it. You know, I didn't think nothing about it. I didn't think the beat was. I, I was like, okay, cool, whatever. I thought it was like one of those uh, lawyer beats or something. Like it was, it was really like a joke to me. You know what I'm saying? It was a joke to all of us. And uh, we did it and uh, just posted it. And DJ Scream called. He said, See, I need that record. Um, all these DJs were just calling left and right, like, I need that song. I need that song. And um, that was it. It just took off from there. And then BOB jumped on the song for free. He was just like, Man, I just believe in it that much. And you got to keep in mind, at this time, B.O.B. was like one of, like, he was like Bruno Mars type. Yes. You know, so we was like, okay, well, uh, that's, that's, that's subtle. That was quick. And um, it just went up from there, man. Like, that's, he did it for free? He did it for free. He just, he, you know, when it was a hit, when it's a hit, it's a hit. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, ain't no telling with this Turkulator remix who go all jump on that, you know, so. Oh, man, let me list the streets ready for that one. I already know. Like, make was ready for Smart Girl. They were like, and, and the thing about it is, here's what need to be done, all right? You know, I'm not, I'm not. you know, y- y'all some musical geniuses. You know, I just do the podcast thing, the social media thing. But drop that before Homecoming. And I promise you, you ain't got to do nothing. You got to sit back. Or y'all ain't got to perform. Just sit back and just watch it blow up. Like, we dropped that during Homecoming. HBCUs back on the yard. And let the sure. DJs have it that be on campus. You ain't got to do no work with it. It's going to blow up. Crazy. And shout out to my girl Josh. She just uh, she just checked in. Uh, I got another record that I just did that's similar to Twerkulator. Um, I did a remix for Summer Walker, uh, White T remix. Uh-oh. Another one. Let's go go crazy. I'm ready for that one too. But I think the HBCU community needs to hear the story behind Throw It Off. You know what I'm saying? Walk around the club, bump everybody. That has caused a lot of fights, but it's also <laughs> caused a lot of great moments. At a lot of HBCUs, and I, and I will say this to you, Mr. Hanky, I've never been to a party at Fort Valley. All right, I was always I was always on campus. Partying is not my scene, but I went to the gym jams. You know, I was filming stuff. I was doing my thing. I worked with a campus radio station. When that song right. came on, it was "Nug of You Buck" and "Throw It Off." Everybody would literally lose their mind. So you got to tell me about "Throw It Off" and how that came about. 
Uh, Throw It Off was actually, um, it was originally for this group called Solace that was signed to College Park Young Mogul at the time. And they were more of like a, they was more like a field mob, goody mob type group. It was only two of them. So how we ended up doing Throw It Off, throw, the beat to Throw It Off was one of the ones I did for Soldier when we was working with Gucci Man, doing Gucci Bandana, all that during that time, right? So uh, they're talking about 2007, 2008 uh, when I did the beat. And um, it just sat there for like two, three years. And uh, one day uh, came in the studio. I think one of them had a problem with their baby mama or something. And they literally just came. It was like 10 o'clock in the morning. 10 o'clock in the morning, he was like, yeah, man, this and that and the third. And I just feel like, fuck everybody. You know, my, my rent dude, this and that third, they tripping on me. I'm finna go around. I'm gonna walk around the club with my middle fingers up and, and sing, and that's when he started singing it. And the beat just happened to be playing, and that's what it came up with. It's just like 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 this sound like a movie. Yeah, like. But, but I'm telling you, the thing about yeah, because I just go with the flow, man. I ain't one of the people that try to like deliberately try to piece stuff together. I just let shit flow. You know what I'm saying? But um. So at the time, keep in mind, it was Soulless Song, okay? And Trill and Prince Rick, who are out of Dallas, they were signed to the label as well through Interscope. So they had the song Mr. Hit That Hole, okay? Crazy song out of Dallas. And they came in town, and they heard the song. They was like, say, fool, what y'all doing with that? What y'all doing with that song, fool? I was like, I don't know, that's their song. And I ain't care. I was like, whatever, that's their song. And so they just kept, I noticed they just kept asking about it. Kept, so what y'all doing with it? What y'all doing with it? What y'all doing with it? And so, Solace, like I said, they was on some Goody Mob conscious stuff, a bunch of singing and all that stuff. So they, the record really didn't fit them in anyway. So they was like, cool, well, you know, y'all want to make your child song? Cool. It ain't doing nothing for us? Cool. They was like, man, we're going to have a pop in it. Three weeks. I was like, yeah, right. Three weeks later, it was the hottest song in Dallas. And Dallas no music. It spread. It went to uh, Dallas. Uh, Bebe, shot Bebe. He called out the blue. And Bebe is actually the one that brought Hurricane Chris to the label. Because the song A Bebe is about him. A Bebe, turn my music, play it up. He ain't, talk, he ain't talking about a girl. He's talking about the DJ. Hey, babe. He's he walking in the club, say, hey, Bebe, play my song, turn it up. I'm you, here. you just ruined my childhood. I got, you got to let that sit. You just ruined my childhood. <laughs> First of all, like that. Hey, Bebe came on when I, when, when I was a little kid. I could have he, he, he was talking about a girl. You know what I'm saying? He was saying, hey, Bebe, play my song, turn it up. Man, he talk, he made a song about his DJ that went number one. Crazy. You got me speechless. I, I don't get speechless. But you 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 really you just validate my whole elementary school time. All right. You were you were today's years old when you found out oh, no. what for, it for, was about. For sure. I'm one second old at this point. <laughs> when I found that I'm like, what? <laughs> I thought that was about what what, 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 what was Halle Berry about then? You got me asking I, questions now. I, it's about Halle, okay, just want to make sure Halle Berry's about Halle Berry. Because you never know at this point. Like Halle Berry could have been about some weed, could have been about a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, California and California was never about California. California was all about weed. Okay, we knew we knew that one. Okay, we knew that one. <laughs> that, that was I, I, I guess that one. Yeah. <laughs> that wow. So like the musical history that you have is like wild, and especially the things that you've worked on. And I just feel like just in general, because we're gonna go on and end out the interview. First, I just appreciate your time. You know, especially with you having so much going on, you being in LA, you being down there for the BET Awards and the verses. City Girls and Young Blue, the fact you take the, the time to talk to me, it really means a lot to me, especially someone trying just to make it out and, and grind it out, out here. But also just hearing your story and just just hearing how you really go with the flow and how you really have this passion for music, but you show it in such a different way because it just comes naturally to you. 
I just feel like that's inspirational. And I just really think that all the HBCU students that are listening right now, that are going to listen to the podcast and the video replay, I feel like we need to hear this. So I want to end off like this. Like, what's your advice to HBCU students and HBCU entertainers that are trying to make it in 2021 and beyond? Because honestly, it feels hard. You have so many different options. You have TikTokers getting love. But you have, like, <laughs> folks that's doing, like, podcasts. They making beats. They DJing. And they like, dang, like, radio got all the folks voice tracking. You know what I'm saying? The music is so many producers. Like, what is your advice to folks like me that's, you know, trying to make it happen out here? Man, just just be you, man. Like, I tell everybody, really just run your own race. Um, if you, what they say, comparison is the thief of joy, and that's true. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times you catch yourself looking at what everybody else doing, um, and that, that, that'll that really mess you up. So just focus on what you're doing. Know what you're doing. If you dope, if you know you dope, it's go it's gonna come out. Like people go really rock with it. But don't get caught up in trying to compete with the next person because you just don't know all the moving parts that that's going on with that. You know, a lot of people are just caught up in the results. They see, oh man, so and so popping, Turkulator going crazy. They all know the the whole bad story of you know what we went through to get this there. You know that's why when you seen uh, when it finally got cleared and we released it. And you seen JT make this post like, man, I just appreciate everybody for standing. Because, bro, that's, it was a real intense moment. You know what I'm saying? So just focus on what you really want to do. It's cool to, to look at other people and admire what they do, but don't let it get to you if you're not where you think you should be. Because ain't nobody did. Nobody who's popping out, it didn't happen overnight. No matter what they tell y'all on these interviews, mm-hmm. they lying, they capping. The whole nine, it, it's it's a it's a whole story, it's a whole journey, and it just didn't it just didn't happen overnight like that. That's not how it works. So just run your race and just know when it's time for you to for it to happen, it's gonna happen. So I don't know if you hear this, but I, I gotta drop this for you, man. I I, I, I try I try to get I try to get your drop. I was trying to find a way to get your drop without asking you about it, but man, that's that's the best I can do. That's the best <laughs> I do. I'm playing one more time. It goes real quick. Yeah, I, I, I got it from California. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, trying to, because you've interviewed with so many people, and you about to interview, you about, you gonna be on the Breakfast Club soon. You are gonna be on every show. I'm like, man, I, I gotta make my impact. You feel me? So, got, got hey man, it. you got your Sunday shirt on, man. That's all I got. That's you did it, dog. Man, you did it. Trying to, man, trying to, but <laughs> I want to know how, how we can support you. How the post artists can support you. So, you know, you said you have music coming up. So, what uh, music you have coming up? Like I said, I got a uh, a song we're getting ready to release with Summer Walker. Uh, it's called um, White Tea. It was previously it was previously released already, but I'm going to um, I did like a Turkulator vibe to it, so it's a real party. Um, I just did a record with this girl Anaya called Woody, just dropped today. Um, I got my new single dropping with Erica Banks called Nutty Twerk. It is amazing. It makes smart girl dumb booty look like church music okay. they go go crazy to this one they go go crazy so as soon as we get that clearance it, you go hear it man it's gonna go crazy i got the video shot already man you you be ready to go I, that's what i like to see like we need that for homecoming we need that homecoming all the djs all the hbc yeah. they gonna they gonna rock it out you know what i'm saying and all, all the girls are gonna be on tiktok you gotta make sure that tiktok vibe go you you know that you saw a truck letter with Make sure the, tit- the TikTokers get it. Not, but then, not mind you, the black TikTokers are on strike, but we'll tell them to get on strike for you. You know what I'm saying? I'll I, I make a call. <laughs> I was like, artist uh, Kissy Lee, her song, she's just going up the charts too right now. 
featuring uh, Light Skin Keisha. So I'm also doing a lot of hosts. I'm throwing Turkey parties right now. Wow. You know? Yeah, I just did Miami. Uh, they booked me in Miami. Um, I'm doing Birmingham soon, Houston, Dallas. So I'm really taking this whole movement everywhere, you know. Wow, man. We're bringing the parties back. We're bringing the parties back where people actually dance. You're walking out sweating, going crazy. We're we doing, we doing all that. Brandon on a hundred, man. Like, first and foremost, I just cannot just, bro, shout out to you. Like, cause, <laughs> man, that, like, Brandon, like, Charculator Party. See, people ain't, man. Come on, man. We, we, we like, on. listen, you got, you got, you in LA, you got to go. You got other stuff to do. Cause we can, we can keep going by Brandon, but you got, you got other stuff to do. But outside of that, in all seriousness, I really appreciate you. You know, just HBCU community, we're supporting you 100%. I'm definitely supporting you. I definitely would love to tap in more. And yeah, I really appreciate you. And just I hope you enjoy the BT Awards weekend. Likewise, brother. Anything you need, hit me, man. Most definitely. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. Tap, tap, tap in. You're listening to Post Radio with Randall and Shelby, the heart of the culture. All right, that was it. That was my interview with Mr. Hanky, who created so many songs. But the song that everybody's been hearing. It's twerculated. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. You gotta play the drop again. Man, listen, gotta play the drop again. That's the best that you know I could do because it is from California. He's in California right now for the BT Awards. He's also in California for the Bow Wow Soldier Boy versus. So if you're watching this live on Instagram right now, HC Post Instagram Live, make sure to tap in with us for the Pulse Reacts to Bow Wow versus Soldier Boy. He said Soldier Boy was crazy back in the day. You can only imagine what he's going to do at this versus on tomorrow. And Bow Wow going to go crazy, too. That's probably going to be my favorite versus to be uh, keeping 100. And we also have the BT Awards reaction that we're going to be doing, as well as we're going to be speaking with Victor Solomon, who is a North Carolina A&T student. He was Mr. North Carolina A&T. He's currently Mr. HBCU. He got top five on The Voice. So make sure to tap in with us for the rest of these next two days, and we have even more coming. But thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in on the podcast on Instagram Live, and thank you to Mr. Hanky for coming out and just giving us a little bit of his time as he just touched down in California. But nevertheless, this is Randall Barnes, host of Pulse Radio, and I will see you on the other side. Got to play that drop one more time. Let's get it. HBCUs are more than a trend. We're forever a part of the culture. We can can show show you better better than we can can tell tell you. you. A Queen series and HBCU Pulse has you on lock. From royal court to Greek life, sports and campaigns to graduation. We are the number one outlet for HBCU students. Make sure to tap in and learn more at HBCUPulse.com.